Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. I'm Jimmy. My name is Josh, and I'm a paradox. And welcome to the show this week. We just got done doing a Paradox Facebook Live promoing. And I just had a look at it right before we went on, and the chair I'm in makes me look like a little person. Yeah. So that's sort of embarrassing. Uh, someone should have told me that. I look like Frodo Baggins <laughs> before we began all of this. All right. But I look like I had a fat suit on. Or is that just my normal look? <laughs> all right, here we go. We're not going to dawdle. Chase Rabbits. Are we not? We're going to talk about... I like to chase Because these are times that try men's souls. We're going to cut this in line of our episodes and put this out relatively quickly just because of the rapidly changing events. Yeah, potentially by we, the time we release this in four days. <laughs> There's no telling. Uh, you know, as most of you know, Josh and I were psychotherapists here in Austin, Texas, and our uh, center is the Timothy Center. And just this this morning now we just had offering a- <laughs> online counseling throughout the state of texas and you can use your insurance yes we've always offered it but it never wasn't with insurance with insurance and so and all of that being brought about by you can't go anywhere uh and so converting our entire practice of 25 plus therapists over to a video hipaa compliant platform kudos to you joshua because that was a Herculean effort to get all that done. You actually created all the Doxy logins. Yes, I did. I did my own little, my own little part, my own little, <laughs> my own little share. But it, it's just so we all find ourselves just just craziness. And so speaking of crazy, we have kids with extended spring breaks. We have parents that are being told to work from home. We're being told that school may not reconvene this yeah. year. And so here we are, our families, in our house, unable to leave. And that presents with some challenges. And so we thought we would come up with... Not just unable to leave, but an attempt to carry on life. Yes. Through online schooling or through work and all being there together. I tried to... All the time. ...lead a staff meeting today at 11 o'clock. From your house. From the house. And that didn't go over well, but that's our new normal. Especially in psychotherapy, because you're talking about very sensitive things. And if your child runs through, you know, wearing nothing but a smile, uh, running from the other parent trying to give them a bath, it may not go so well. So we've got challenges, as everyone does, to try to get through this. At least I have toilet paper, is all I'm saying. Uh, we got plenty and plenty and plenty of toilet paper. You are the problem. Yeah. So we thought we would look at five really important things that your family should be doing while we're in this social isolation, this sequestering. Social distancing. Yes. And we thought we would start with 
the one that we think is probably the single most important one, and that is turn off the news. Turn off the news. Turn it off. Turn it off your television. You don't need Fox or CNN or somebody just 24 hours. You just don't need to listen to every single presidential news conference. You don't need to be constantly looking at your phones for the news feed on the next case that happened to show up, you know, in Bora Bora. We don't need to know this. But it finds us because everybody gets notifications on their phone. And it gets very difficult to do just this first thing because it is literally popping yes. up or showing a red dot. You have to read be proactive. Me, read me. Yes. And it's for the past week and a half, it's almost hourly where there's some update mm-hmm. that not is just Bora Bora case, but like some seismic shift with civilization. And it's, it is so anxiety-producing. What I would suggest is 5 o'clock every day, you turn on the news, and you're going to get the news. All the news you need to know is going to be there at 5 o'clock. You look at it, you ingest it, talk about it for a little bit, and then it goes away. Yeah. As opposed to 24-7. We've said this so many times, but parents set the emotional tone of the home. And with this constant news feed, it's ramping up parents' anxiety. And that anxiety trickles down onto the kids. So, And you never want anything to trickle down on your kids. No. No, because, Lord, enough of their stuff trickled down on us. Yeah. Therefore, turn off the news. Because, again, we want to demonstrate to our children that we have faith in God, not fear of there being no more food at the grocery store. We want to reassure them that we're we're golden because they take their emotional cues from us. So that's number one, turn off the 24-hour news cycle. Number two, get outside, play, walk, exercise. Because cabin fever is a real thing, and prolonged enclosure heightens anxiety. It doesn't lessen it. Therefore, you have to be proactive. And this is, of course, unless like martial law is instituted. I mean, there. You've been watching the twenty-four hour news cycle. <laughs> um, no one's instituting martial law. No, but by the time this releases, no, that's not going to happen. There's not going to be Apache attack helicopters <laughs> that are firing stinger missiles at anyone going to the park. It's not going to happen. Tell that to Italy. It's not happening. Okay. So, unless the government says you have to stay indoors. Now, if they don't do that, then go ahead. Listen to Jimmy. Go play in the backyard. Camp out. Do something to get outside. Because just the, the confined... There's a reason that prison is so... It's just it's, con, it's confining. So you've got to intentionally get outside. Breathe air. If you have a yard, utilize it. Until they send the Gestapo out with the dogs hunting down anyone that's outside. Go take a walk. Go to the park. Don't touch any equipment at the park. Go to the park. Walk around. Throw a, a, a football that you've sanitized before you got there, and then you sanitize it when you leave. Get out and go, go. Do something. You can socially distance yourself without locking yourself in your living room. So that's my number two. Number three, maintain family routine to the absolute extent that you possibly can. 
You know, your teenagers don't need to sleep till noon. They don't need to be eating Fruit Loops at two o'clock in the afternoon. Maintaining a sense of normalcy is through routine because routine is normal. I guess it's almost what it means. And normal is is comforting. It's comforting to everybody, but especially routine and normality are comforting to kids. Yeah, and this is harder to do when your kids are older. My kids, only one is in school. And so uh, the other two, well, they're in preschool, but just a couple of days a week. But their normal routine is at home. And mm-hmm. so in some ways, and again, you know, they're seven, five, and two, they understand there's a virus going around, but they don't. Their day hadn't been altered all that yeah, much. They're, yeah, and to that point, you know, we, we haven't necessarily just gone to movies all the time, and they haven't gone to sugar all the time and mm-hmm. snacks all the time. Um, so there's still rules there, and their daily life isn't impacted all that much. But even for teenagers, you know, in, in some ways, while they understand more than my five-year-old and their life is impacted more because they're now at school, just treated like a summer. Uh, you know, I countless parents come to us in summer months and saying, my kid won't do anything. How can I get them to? And there's structure to be had. Mm-hmm. And there are things that they can do hourly or every other hour. There's volunteer opportunities you know, get out and serve an elderly person food. There's things that they can do to not just veg, but it takes energy on the part of the parent. Uh, And I guess what we're trying to say today is it's worth the energy. Yeah. And being proactive. If you just get up and leave everyone to their own devices, nothing good basically happens. Well, you catch up on all your favorite TV shows. True. So another thing would be keep them learning. It's going to be very tricky what is done with school. Because there are some schools that are equipped to go online. There are some that are not. Uh, There are some that would, you know, the smaller the child, the more difficult online learning would be even to start with. So no matter where you find your child, keep the learning going. Uh, Take time every day to read, to do math exercises, watch the Discovery Science Channel. Again, this is you want to continue exposing them to new learning content, I guess. Because, yeah, we have summer breaks. This is not it. And there are some people and some educators that I've spoken with, and they're just, you know, one of the things they're scared about is, well, what if you just stop? You know, you've got a a second grader who's, who's still struggling to read, you know, or third grader, and in March you just stop. And they don't have any school until the next it's fall. August, yeah. Um, and so keep keep the drive alive when it comes to that. So there's no regression there. And another thing is learning, reading these things. Uh, and there's so you know, on YouTube, there's so many different things that you could find that would be just dead on as far as their learning capability and their uh, age appropriateness that you can have them do. But learning for a, a school age child is Routine. And we're back to routine being normal. Normal is comforting. So we just don't throw it all off, you know, lest that come back to bite us in the whoopsie later down the line. I want to add one thing in between four and five, right? You're about Mm -hmm. to give number five. Mm -hmm. This is all like great ideas. And if you ask a hundred different professionals, you might get a hundred different ideas. And so there's not necessarily one right way to go about doing this. And I know there are some parents out there, potentially single parents, that are just trying to keep the lights on. And so the thought of purposely watching the Discovery Channel for a time of learning and structure is nauseating. 
And so I think it's important to know and to realize and to understand and accept that an umbrella over all these and the other 95 ideas of the professionals, the overarching umbrella is that God has got you and he's got your family. And that doesn't just mean that you'll survive the COVID outbreak, but it means that your kid's going to be fine if he doesn't read from now until August. These are fantastic principles, but if you're just struggling to keep the lights on and can't muscle energy to do any of these things, um, we're all going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. So you went to your summation before we even got done. I just wanted to throw that in there. Good, because what you just said does not apply to my next one. (laughs) Probably my biggest fear in all this is an overwhelmed parent is just going to the pathway of least resistance. We all take it. All of us do. And the pathway of least resistance is they get out of bed and they're on their phones until they go to bed because it shuts them up. It gives them something to do. Uh, They're out of your hair. It ain't great. And that would just be, you know, well, it wouldn't be the worst case scenario in a time like this. But if at all possible, you want to try to avoid that. Yes. And that's whether you take those things away, limit their screen time, plan activities. You just, you know, in some way, can you replace um, screens, at least, I mean, non-learning screens, because screens are going to become the learning platform for a while. But if you can replace those screens with faces, and and if you're not struggling through your job and being at home, your face would be a good one to replace a screen with. And so doing anything you can not to allow them to just be sucking on their phone 24 hours a day. You bring up a good point because when I think of, of all, I don't know why this morning I was just thinking of um, the story of Joseph when his brothers came to Egypt for food and he was the one in charge of passing out the food and they had so limited slavery. And, and he said, you know, hey, what you guys intended for evil, God intended for good. And sort of what the evil one and everything intended with this virus, physically hurting people and emotionally hurting people and societies, what he intended for evil, God can intend for good. And this has the possibility, because I'm looking, there are families walking all up and down the street. I mean, I'm telling you 10 times more than I've ever seen since we've lived here. There are families walking with their dogs and they're laughing, and they're cutting up. This could be, as long as you have enough toilet paper, this could be uh, an amazing growth time for your family. And an episode that is fraught with anxiety can be something that, that absolutely God uses to our good. Be purposeful. Just be human, right? Like, show your face and talk and maintain schedules and... But uh, if you're, you don't have to be perfect. This isn't this rules where you have to schedule every minute of every day. And if you don't, your kids are screwed. It's like you're going to be fine. And all of us are going to be fine. Love on each other. Spend time with one another. Uh, don't just turn your brains off and veg. Just like be human. And we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I mean, you might not be okay. You're in the danger zone of well, age. Well, I'm down to 48 rolls of toilet paper. So... I really don't know whether I will. But also, 60 plus. No, no, I'm 60. See, if you're over 60, you're in a high-risk group. I'm just 60. (laughs) So 
I don't have to worry like all those old people. Yep. All those decrepit old blue hairs. They got things to worry about, not me. If you want more information about this episode or anything previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. We'll be back next week um, with another episode. Thanks so See much. Ya. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Thank you.